Hello. You know that if you're hearing me before the intro like this, that there is a, a bit of an error in production, and that is the case today. As we were recording on my snowball microphone, we weren't, you know, we weren't, we didn't have headphones or anything, so. We didn't have feedback, and apparently the audio came out very staticky. Can't really tell you why. I don't know if it was an error on my part, or how the microphone was set up, or... Um, I don't know, but it was staticky. Um, the worst part of it was probably around, like, the mark of between, like, 25 and 40 minutes it self-corrected itself, like, somehow, like, 45 minutes into the episode, so, our players to watch, um, or no, players to highlight, uh, and previews of the weekend ahead come out pretty clean, so that's pretty good, at least we have that, um, but yeah, just a warning, um, you know, I didn't miss that, obviously, um, it sucks, um, I put a denoiser on it, um, but it does kind of drown out Daniel and I. It almost sounds like we're underwater for a little bit, but the static was so present that um, it was very necessary. So um, it might be a little harder to listen to this one. Uh, I apologize. But, uh, but yeah, that's how that's how it goes. The, you know, the content of the episode was too good not to just, you know, we couldn't just, you know, get rid of it. There was some good stuff talked about, so, um, hopefully you can, you can hear it well enough, and, uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs, buddy. The baseball reference t-shirt is repping some stats you know what i'm saying it's not necessarily hall of fame it's not necessarily above average but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore and welcome to above replacement radio we're talking baseball kind of whenever i'm your host christian over there across from me as you cannot see on youtube unfortunately is daniel kern how you doing daniel chris i am doing very well we are doing our second episode since moving back onto the campus of springfield college and you know you know it's a uh, we're back on campus when we're recording at 9.30 p.m. on a Monday. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, you, you have to embrace our name, or, or our uh, intro, rather, uh, kind of whenever. That kind of whenever, has that, that intro has changed frequently. So, sometimes it's been Tuesdays and Thursdays 3 to 4. Sometimes it's Tuesdays 3 to 4 at the way, at the, at the, you know, way beginning. Sometimes like Mondays and Thursdays. But kind of whenever... We've stuck with that for a while, and it's very true. And uh, you know, Monday at nine thirty, we got to we got to do it. We're we're a couple of busy kids over here. Yeah, I mean, this is literally the only time that either of us have in the next like week. So uh, we got to do it. We got to do it. It doesn't matter that I have homework to do tonight. That I still have not started. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, for for reference, we'll we're, that later. we're we're uh, seniors in college right now. Daniel is the president of our TV club here at Springfield College. Um, I'm basically acting sports editor of the school newspaper again. Uh, 
and I, my internship hasn't even started yet. So Where are you interning? I'm interning at Mass Live. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So that'll um, and and uh, and yeah, Daniel's on Best Broadway as well. He's mm-hmm. out there, out there being a theater out, kid. Out there being theater a theater kid. star. Yeah. Um, for his uh, final roundup of uh, Best of Broadway. So, we're a couple of busy kids. We kind of have to do this whenever. Um, but anyway, enough about us. There's been some uh, big news sweeping the baseball world over the past week, um, most notably off the field. Uh, and some some news we like to see. Uh, would you like to get into... Um, would you like to get into the uh, minor league stuff yeah. first? so a lot has happened in minor league baseball uh, with the whole... Uh, unionization thing since we last spoke. Uh, I think the last thing we said about it was that uh, the Major League Baseball Players Association and minor leaguers were going to work together to try to uh, get them part of the union. And I think we all kind of assumed that was going to be an uphill battle, even if, you know, both sides agreed that it was what was best. Um, But on, I believe it was Friday, Rob Manfred announced that he will voluntarily recognize minor leaguers as a part of the MLBPA. Which was, I was floored to hear that. Like, that was the last thing I heard. I, I felt anyone at MLB would say, let alone Rob Manfred. Um, like, he didn't even put up a fight. He didn't challenge anything. He was just like, oh, you guys, like, want more money and stuff? Well, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's, what? <laughs> it's funny to think, like, oh, it was that easy? <laughs> but, you know, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it right? It's like, oh, we could have just asked this whole time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, even though even though Rob Manfred already like canned a bunch of minor leaguers and put out a statement recently saying like ah the the ones that aren't good in the minors they'll find other jobs whatever right yeah like, what I, I have to think about the reasoning of this I think I think Rob Manfred is doing this for maybe a couple reasons first of all if if you're on the other side of this you just look so bad and I mean Manfred already has a, has a bad reputation as a, as the MLB commissioner I don't think he about that. I don't think he cares about that, but it looks bad. It look like it looks worse than mm-hmm. the lockout, which is a lot to say. Yeah, because you know minor, minor leaguers, we've talked about it endlessly, have been underpaid, uh, just working less than underpaid is an understatement. Yeah, like working less than minimum wage, like just not having a straight up living wage. So for them to unionize, uh, which will in hand probably get them more money. Is gonna is gonna help them out a lot, and it's not gonna hurt the owners uh, really at all. Yeah, I mean, not only is it yeah, it's gonna help them more money, but it also helps them become a part of collective bargaining negotiations. Yes, like minor leaguers get to now decide, or at least try to decide what their wages are, and they have a say finally. Like that's probably the biggest thing coming out of the union, obviously. Yeah, um, you know, not only would they be entitled to more money, but they can also fight for money if they want it. Yeah, um, I honestly think that like. Manfred kind of, and the rest of MLB just saw that this whole thing was kind of just, and it had gone too far. Yeah. Like, you know, they've been doing this, you know, they've been paying minor leaguers like this for so long now, and it's obviously been very public information for like three to four years now that they get paid that much for that little. And I think Manfred's like, you know, like, we've already, we've done enough. Like, right. like, like it's time to surrender this one. I think that's probably how it went down. Like, I can't really think of a good incentive as far as money specifically for MLB to yeah. do it. 
I mean, like, I think that owners, I mean, I think most owners probably see it as we're going to, you know, our development system's going to improve. It should, yeah. it has to. Um, but, I mean, for monetary reasons, which is really what much of what MLB considers, like, there isn't too much of an incentive to, you know, abolish the antitrust agreements. And you know what? Honestly, that was probably a, a thing, too. Yeah, uh, right, like a reason, right. like Rob Manfred voluntarily recognized the minor leaguers so that that's less pressure on him to abolish that antitrust agreement for Congress that was passed over a century ago. That Manfred has recently said, like, no, we can't do that. Like, that has to stay. Um, which that could end up happening too. That's to be determined because it's getting looked at through Congress right now. Yeah. Um, exactly. And yeah, that was the next point I was going to make was the fact that everybody kind of wins here. Like, with owners, you are going to get a better product. Like, you can't argue that, you know, your double A players getting peanut yeah. butter and jelly sandwiches for lunch yeah. is going to help your is going to help your product on the field. It's crazy, he was able to afford a salad, and now he's hitting better. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he he got a he got Panera for lunch, and now now he's his OPS is nine fifty. It's, uh, it's before pretty, it was six hundred. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't have to stress about when his next meal is coming from. He's so much better on the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his, his, uh, yeah. He he had no bed bugs, and his his ERA is below two point five now. It's now that he's wild. now that he's not living out of his car with five teammates, it's crazy what he's done. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's gonna help. It's gonna help everybody out um, with the anti antitrust thing. So yeah, that was passed over. A century ago. It like just hit a century. I'm pretty sure it was 1922. Yeah, I, it it it's been talked about. I know it was in the news like a few weeks ago. Um, but I forget what the technicalities of it. Well, like do you know like what it is? Um, yeah, I know it. Essentially, essentially, what it is for those of you who don't know is it allows Major League Baseball to pay their minor leaguers below the minimum wage. That's why it's an exemption. Yeah, uh, because the, the federal minimum wage is set at this, you have to pay your employees this, but because Major League Baseball has this exemption, they don't have to abide by those rules, and mm -hmm. it happens because, why would they? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, so Congress was going to examine that and determine what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, so maybe this was kind of inevitable with that coming through, um, but uh, it appears... Uh, it appears that, yeah, minor league baseball will be recognized as part of the MLB Players Association, um, which is good because also, like, the the some of the spokesmen of, you know, some of the higher people in the MLB Players Association obviously were at a point minor leaguers and they can connect with yeah. every single one of those players. Um, I know, know, like, Max Serge is on the executive board right now. Yeah. Um, you know, it was very cool. I forget, I forget who it was. Oh, it was... Um, Andrew Miller was also on the board, and he retired right after the lockout ended. I was like, wow. Like, he took it all the way up to the end. It was like, all right, I help you guys some decent now. Like, you could yeah. have retired earlier and not been on that executive board that helped everyone out. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty legendary for sure. Yeah, I mean, he retired right after the lockout ended, and the last thing he did with Major League Baseball was help the players out get a, and getting a pretty decent deal for them uh, out of that lockout. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, um, yeah, he, 
definitely definitely a good piece definitely like that'll be part of his legacy no doubt um even if it's even if it's off the field that in the uh 2016 postseason it's like that'll be such a forgotten thing with andrew miller but now that you're listening you know you know what he did now you know now you know as uh the uh Giants and Braves broadcast starting. By the way, we'll we'll have that on background. It's Alex Cobb versus Spencer Strider. I know this is being released, you know, on Tuesday, thirteenth, but it's just a it's just a fun pitching matchup. So if we, you need a visual, we're inside of one of our classrooms. Yeah, which is just like a big computer lab. It's not that big. It's like it's got like sixteen computers in here. Yeah, but there's a big TV that hooks up to one of the computers. And I got I logged into my MLB TV and we got a we got Giants Braves right in front of us as we are recording this. Yes, yes. So, so yeah, minor leaguers um, will be unionizing in a way. Um, I know that was mentioned a couple weeks back of like, oh, they just have to vote and they'll be part of the union. And now Rob Manfred is out there supporting it. Maybe it was inevitable. But either way, fantastic news. Um, so then, another off-the-field thing, which more people are talking about, are our rule changes for 2023 and beyond. Um, the big things are pitch block, uh, the banning of the shift, and uh, bigger bases. Bigger bases. Um, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the rule changes? I mean, let's start with the pitch clock. Yeah. Thank God, finally. Yeah. Long overdue. I've been banging for the pitch clock for a couple of years now. Um, I think those who have been to minor league baseball games over the last couple of years have seen how effective it is. I'll tell just a personal story to, to give you an idea on the pitch clock. So last April, uh, I had to get my tires changed because I had had uh, snow tires for the winter, and I was yep. getting changed back into regular tires. So I went to the you know the auto shop, and I was in like the little waiting room, and there was a TV on with the Woo Sox game playing. Yeah. And they were playing like an afternoon game. And I sat down, it was maybe like the third or fourth inning, and the my car took about an hour and a half to get done. The yep. game was over when I was out. <laughs> yeah. It was over. Yeah. Hour and a half, third inning. It was over. Right. The, I think the total time of the game was like two hours, eight minutes. And it was like a it was like a four one ball game too. Like it wasn't an outrageously low scoring affair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for reference, <laughs> game three of the twenty thirteen or yeah. twenty nineteen World Series. Yeah. Was a four to one ball game, and it was four hours. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's not that it's going to save two hours off, especially in the playoffs. But yeah, like minor league games move so smoothly, um, and I think like this pitch clock, like I think a lot of players will be against it early on, but then we'll kind of forget about that in July. Like that's kind of just what happens with a lot of those kinds of storylines. Like remember, remember the dead ball back in April and May. Who has anyone said a word about that since then? Yeah, I don't know. Um, um, so like league spin rates are going suspiciously going back up to like right. twenty like like early twenty twenty one numbers and no one's saying a word about them. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. People cared for like two two months and they were like, Oh yeah, I forgot about this. Oh yeah. Like remember in twenty twenty one when like the sticky stuff was like the biggest scandal in baseball, like yeah. bigger than the Astros sign scale, the biggest thing since the steroid era. I and I bought I bought into it so hard I was like We all did. The uh, like the league batting average was like two thirty five. I was like, this is jumping up into the two sixties, no doubt about it. And it's like, oh, oh, the league offense is is at its lowest since twenty fourteen. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, that's that's how it's been. That's how it's <laughs> that's how it's been. Yeah. Alex, who knew Alex Howard would be blowing ninety six first pitch of the game? 
Um, but but yeah, the pitch clock um, we are the biggest fans of because it's like you know there there's purists, and I do get it, and I do understand that like especially with bases at, or with base with runners on base, pacing does matter. But I think most of most of why the pitch clock is necessary is not because a guy is has come set and he is it's not because a guy has come set and he's like trying to disrupt the timing. He's probably looking in for the sign, maybe stepping off the mound, rubbing his hat. It's just that it's gonna reduce that more. Um, it's gonna reduce that. I don't think it's gonna affect the uh, strategy and um, the pacing of runners. There is another rule that will mess that up a little bit, which we'll get into. But um, do we want to get into the shift? Well, I want to. I want to keep talking on a pitch clock. Yeah, that works. Um, if you've followed baseball like moderately in any way for the last like ten years, you've probably seen a chart over the last over that time uh, of like the time of, of the average time of game since like nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. And you know you've seen it progressively go up, but like a very sharp increase over the last like five years or so, maybe ten years, five years. Yeah, and. The game isn't any different than it was in the 90s. Like, we're still playing nine innings. There's still 27 outs. Uh, you know, there's no bottom of the ninth if the home team is winning after the top of the ninth. Like, yeah. the game hasn't changed. The it's only about, thing that's, about roughly the same offense. It's the, it's the same game. It's the, the only thing is there's more time between pitches. So yeah. the pitch clock, yeah, you're shaving 22 minutes off the game, but you're not getting rid of any of the game. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's... That's how it is. It's not like the MLB decided, hey, the game's going to be seven innings. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's not, I don't know. It's so stupid that Rob Manfred's been trying to tackle pace of play for so long, and it took him six years to come up with the pitch clock. Right. Um, I mean, what, what else has he done? He did, like, the limited mound visits. He did the intentional walk rule. Well, I remember the uh, one foot in the batter's box rule that just was yeah. abandoned. <laughs> that one got forgotten very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That 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 like, is so not. Think about everything Rob Manfred has tried before, just being like, "Well, I guess I'll go with the obvious solution." Yeah. <laughs> Let's try it in the minors. Oh, this is fantastic. Oh, this actually works really, really, really great. Yeah. What's I that? Guess. What's that statistic? Shaved twenty six minutes off the. Game. Yeah. Yeah. That's average. Like average. that is a huge sample size. Like twenty six minutes doesn't seem like a whole lot at a you know at a three hour game, but that's average in like a. Thousands of games sample. Yeah. Like, that is a tremendous amount of time to be shaven off because 26 minutes of average, that means there's like two hour, 15 minute games on the regular. Right, 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 right. Like, like that doesn't exist in Major League Baseball. Exactly. Like, we had the first, this year, we had the first sub two hour game since I think like 2012 or something like that. Right. Uh, and that was probably normal in the 90s. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, um, yeah, but but uh, but yeah, with with the with the pitch clock, I think I think people will appreciate it for sure, especially when you're watching on television, which are most mm-hmm. most of the fans on a given game. Um, you know, you're you're, it's just gonna be there's gonna be more action. Like like we said, there's gonna be there's still gonna be 27 outs. The team who scores the most runs is still going to win, um, and I don't think it will affect the mind game of base running and timing as much as maybe the skeptics would say. Um, there is 
there, there definitely will be a learning curve with it, though. Yeah. Uh, like, maybe, also, one thing that's very important that I've, in, like, in my experience, I've seen a couple people getting tripped up on, so it's 15 seconds with the base is empty, 20 seconds with runners on base. That time starts when the pitcher gets the ball back. Yeah. It's not as soon as the catch, the ball hits the catcher's glove, boom, 15, get it back, step on, you know, right. do all that. It's the pitcher gets the ball back, gets back in his glove, 15 seconds. Yeah. I which can, is, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine, um, I can, I can imagine, like, uh, I'm trying to look at the pitch tempo, uh, leaders or, or the worst guys, but, um, yeah, Giovanni. Currently, Giovanni Gallegos averages, averages 26.1 seconds uh, with the bases empty. Wow. So I can <laughs> imagine, I can imagine like, Yadier Molina or whoever's catching at the time. Not Yadier next year. Yeah, not Yadier next year, but whoever the whoever the Cardinals catcher is, just, like, stalling. Like, he has the, he has the yeah. ball in his hand for, like, 10 Because seconds. people were asking, like, hypothetically, can the pitcher, like, assuming the bases are empty and there's no risk, like, can the pitcher just take a walk before the catcher throws it back? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel like eventually there will have to be some policing of that, like, if it gets too extreme. Right, yeah. And, and I mean, it, it never got extreme in, um... In the minors, it seems so. You know, I feel like that would have been addressed in this way if it was in the minors. Um, I know that there were like some skeptics in the minors that said like it's hard to hold runners on, which is understandable. I mean, like if there's one second left and you're a runner, yeah. Oh, but yeah. But then again, like you could still pick off. However, yeah, you could hit a buzzer beater. Yeah. On, on a pick off. A buzzer beater. <laughs> <laughs> he got him. <laughs> he got the pitch off. <laughs> you like I can it? just imagine. <laughs> Three, two. Will he get the pitch off? Yes, he did. Ball one. <laughs> and that's outside. <laughs> it looks like uh, I'm looking at the pitch tempo. It looks like all relievers right now. I I don't. If I, if I maybe I have to bump up the qualifier. Here, um, that stays the same. Uh, Most relievers are screwed. Yeah, uh, Shohei Otani has a high, has a has a slow tempo. So I understand. I know that like the average is twenty one point four seconds with the bases empty. Huh. Um, but I mean, he just has to shave two seconds off. Yeah. I mean, it's good. That is good. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, or no, actually no, it's just shave. Uh, Seven seconds off because it's base is empty. It's fifteen seconds. The base is empty. Twenty with none on base. Because I look at this Jeff Passan article. Yes. So yeah, he'll he'll have to do you know do some work. But luckily, you know, unlike the uh, unlike the sticky substance thing, it's it's going to be an off season adjustment instead of a mid season adjustment, which is good for That's the good. players. I was going to say like if you're a pitcher, you can. You know, time yourself from the mound while you're while you're like doing like bullpen during the winter. Exactly. Days, at least you know you don't have to. There doesn't have to be like a learning curve to that. Exactly, which is a uh, which is a good thing for sure. Um, before the shift, we could get into pickoffs. Yeah. So this this got very buried uh, in the article, but there's a rule where uh, there can only be two pickoffs per plate appearance. And if there's a third and it's unsuccessful, it's a block, and the runner advances. Right. Which is very stupid. Yeah. Like, how often is there a three pickoff plate appearance in a game? 
It's it's maybe ten percent. It very very rarely happens. Like, yeah. You're not gonna, you know, you've already shaved twenty six minutes off the game. Why go another thirty seconds? Yeah, and and it's that's the thing where it's like, oh yeah, you are kind of messing with the strategy. There's also with pickoffs. That's an extreme, like a third pickoff. That's extremely important. You're trying to hold a runner that's yeah that is otherwise going to take second. Um, I'm sure John Lester is very happy that he's out of the game when yeah. this got implemented because if after the second pickoff, you know every runner is going to take like a 50 foot lead. Exactly, it's going to be yeah, more than halfway to the base. They're just going to they're just going to steal second and taking leads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, the this whole thing. Yeah, I don't appreciate it. I know you don't appreciate it uh, because yeah, this actually messes with the strategy, and it's so rare that it's not actually going to contribute to the slowing of the game, really. It's going to be kind of unnoticeable, but what's going to be noticeable is when, you know, Trey Turner's on first base, and it's it's an eight-pitch plate appearance because, like, Max Muncy's fouling off off, uh, baseballs like crazy, and... The guy well, already used his two. Turn the Dodgers next year, but Depends. Yeah. Well, maybe Max Muncy goes to the I don't know Tigers with or no. Even though we just got an extension with yeah. the Dodgers. Yeah, he got traded. You know, mm-hmm. obviously. But you know, he you already used your two pickoff attempts in the first three pitches. It's like, yeah, Trey Turner's most likely going to steal that bag. Um, and yeah, as we mentioned, like I, we don't have any statistical data on how many. Pick up, how many uh, plate appearances have three or more pickoffs? I would imagine it's submit. It has to be. I mean, like if we're talking just plate appearances with, let's say, a guy at first, it has to be like less than one percent, right? Um, of, it can't be. Yeah, of plate appearances, like, mm-hmm. I, like it, it's definitely, it's definitely kind of insignificant to where it's not going to affect the the pace of play mm-hmm. and it's it's going to be very annoying and it's going to be a major adjustment uh for pitchers and if, if if a pitcher is annoyed with this i cannot disagree with them. that's that's the, like if you're upset about the pitch clock i can't imagine how upset you're going to be with that you can try to it. pitchers really just got kind of screwed in this whole thing yeah yeah like they have to throw the ball quicker they can't pick off as much and now the shift uh, do we want to get into that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, the shift. The shift is essentially being banned. Uh, the, the technical rule is for all pitches, uh, there has to be at least two men on each side of the infield, uh, which does mean the five infielder shift is still in play, which is cool for when like there's the winning run, the bases loaded with no outs, oh, winning run on third. Nice. Um, I did wonder about that, but that one is still in. Oh. Um, this this sucks. Yeah, this just isn't. This just isn't it. It's funny. MLB did a great thing with the pitch clock, and they had to do, ruin it by doing two stupid things with the pickoff rule and banning the shift. Yeah, the the shift thing. It's it's interesting, and uh, I'll just say, just looking at basic baseballs around data, the most affected teams by this will be the Blue Jays, Dodgers, and Astros, according. As Blue far as they shift the most on they, defense, right? They shift the most. Who, which, which teams get shifted the most? I don't know. It's probably not much of a correlation, but... Yeah, I um, yeah, I haven't found it. The teams that shift the least and will be least affected by this are... The Brewers. Rockies, Guardians, and Orioles. Okay, Orioles are interesting because they just... Orioles, uh... Since when was really Calhoun on the Giants? Um, I don't know. That was my 2018... 
Nice. Yeah, that one went really well. <laughs> he was in the U Darvish trade. And I was like, the Dodgers just trade away this stud in U Darvish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the shift. You know, I don't know. It's 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 uh, it's interesting. Like you get you get a lot of different opinions from a lot of different types of baseball fans on the shift. It's pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, first we should t- we should talk about our experience at Camden Yards. Uh, part of the Saber Fifth Two convention was we all went to Camden Yards. Everyone from the convention uh, basically had the chance to go to Camden Yards to watch Red Sox Orioles. And you know, there's always the people behind you, and ninety percent of the time they're annoying. Uh, and this this was one of the times and. I don't want to say they're annoying. It was just like uh, they're, they're a little. They're, they they had a conversation that I've heard fifty times. It was it was not only was it a conversation that you've heard fifty times. It's a it's an exact conversation that we've mockingly <laughs> recited, and it was word for word. Yeah, how we mock uh, we people's views on the shift. We could have said their sentences for them. Yes, because of how we, we could knew. have completed their sentences. Yeah, like so. Yeah, it it was like the oh, what do you think of the shift? Oh, well, I think it's stupid. I don't know. You're a professional player. I think you should learn to hit it the other way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. What if they shifted Tony Gwynn back in the 90s when he was hitting 394? Oh, he would have laughed at it. He would have just gone the other way every time. You know, I think that they should just bunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it was the same thing. Yeah, it's 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 the same thing every time. And, and that's exactly what their conversation was. Yep. Yep. That's exactly um, what it was. Which, I mean, I don't know. You and I are watching Spencer Strider right now. Do you think... Uh, a Average the average major league hitter could casually just slap ninety eight inside the other way, right? Probably not. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, because I mean, pitchers just they strategize with the shift. Obviously, yes. like when you shifted to to hit to uh, the left side, the pitcher's going to pitch so that you hit it to the left side. Um, it's, it's so simple. You just hit it the other way. Like, yeah, I don't just, know. You're just a major league baseball player. You're facing a major league baseball pitcher. That doesn't matter, though. Yeah, Corbin Burns, I know like that 97-mile-per-hour cutter is going in on you as a lefty, but you could hit it the other way. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. You could get a hold of it and like shoot it through the gap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, every single time. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to make things um, harder for, for pitchers. Why not? One thing that I saw that was very funny was um, because of the rule. You know, in arena football, when um, like the running back will start going like as this like right before the snap. Oh uh, yeah. Imagine an infielder like because it's it's two men on each side of the infield as the pitch is being thrown. Imagine yeah. the shortstop as the pitcher goes into the lineup is running over <laughs> to over to the like second base side. Make a lot of sense. Because of sense. In, like in theory, right? Yep. <laughs> It's a loophole. Yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> freaking, like <laughs> I mean, Javier Baez just yeah. sprinting up the middle as like as Casey Mize is delivering. But actually, he's probably not. Santiago Espinal, like after the first <laughs> inning, is winded. Yeah. <laughs> he's, 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 he's like, coach, I need a break. <laughs> Imagine Lindor. It's like, and here's the eighth pitch to Kyle Schwarber. What is that bad here? <laughs> Lindor just passes out on the field. <laughs> It's it's ninety eight degrees at City Field. <laughs> his stomach, he's on his stomach. <laughs> on his stomach. Yeah. Oh, 
<laughs> no, no, it can't do that. Um, well, Bryce Harper makes it out on the ninth pitch. Here comes Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> and uh, Luis Guillorme is now in Princess Cohen door. He comes out with heat stroke. <laughs> oh, man. And they're running up and down the infield 17 times that inning. Oh God! <laughs> I really hope I really hope we see that next year. Yeah, the old, <laughs> the old arena football play. Arena football, baseball. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The shift, the shift will be uh, the shift. The shift not being there, it'll be funny. I mean, um, I wonder if, if um, batting average on balls and play numbers are going to go up. Oh, they. I mean, they have to. Because like if you look at uh if you look at like the shift like over the years, it's gone up significantly since like twenty twenty. Right. Like it used to be like maybe fifteen, twenty percent of all all batters or like all play appearances is a shift. Now it's like thirty percent. Because yeah. guys are shifting up the middle, guys are shifting to righties. Yeah. Like it used to just be like, you know, the big power hitting lefties get shifted yeah. and out for pools. Uh now it's a lot more than that. Yeah, it will be funny though when like you know, Bryce Harper comes into the plate and hits a ground ball to the direction of the shortstop, and the shortstop's actually there, and it's like, oh, wow, wow, oh, wow, it's an out. Because, <laughs> you know, there will be, there, there definitely will be more hits uh, happening than not happening, but there will be hits taken away by... I guess one thing that I will, one good. thing that I, I guess it'll very much be dependent on the case, whether it's my team or not, but, like, anytime you see a ball up the middle on TV, you're like, oh, that's a hit, and then there's, there's a guy right there, it's just like, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like you get that like one millisecond of hope, and then it just cuts to the behind hitter's mound, and it's like, oh, the shortstop doesn't have to move. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You hate to, you, you hate to see that. Because on the other side, it's like, oh, yeah. oh, okay. Oh, where? Yeah. <laughs> Xander Bogarts over the first. Yeah. That's a <laughs> that's a uh, third out of the inning. Um, but yeah, yeah. This um, this this should it'll be interesting to see this. It, like I can't even imagine it. I can't even imagine it right now. It's gonna be very good. It's gonna be interesting. Um, there have been like there have been kind of like independent studies on who's been affected the most by shifts, and I heard oh, it was Corey. Shout out to Mark Simon. Yeah, shout out, once again. Yeah, shout out to Mark Simon, two-time guest uh, of sports. One-time uh, has medicine person. Yeah, has medicine person. I guess technically more than once for like. Um, uh, one of them. Uh, yeah. He actually got a shout out on the Rangers broadcast yesterday uh, for a study he did on Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, where Seager had been had lost twenty four hits to the ship this year, the most in majors. Uh, it was funny because I was definitely like the only person in all of the Northeast watching the Rangers game yesterday, <laughs> right? First day of NFL football. Like maybe, I guess maybe people in Buffalo that weren't watching the Bills and were watching the Blue Jays instead, but um, yeah. You know, but they definitely weren't watching the Rangers broadcast in their case. And I was kind of just, I had it on as background noise when I was doing some work in this very room. I just hear, Sports Info, Info Solutions, Mark Simon. Dude, I was like, huh? Yeah. I know yeah. that guy. Because, <laughs> like, he, he mentioned to us that, like, you know, he's involved with, like, the Tigers and the Giants and sometimes the Mets. And I was watching the Blue Jays and Rangers. Right. Don't ask why I was watching that game with everything else <laughs> on Sunday, but... That was the one that I had up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Corey Seager, like, he's always been heavily shifted against, and his expected numbers usually trail, or his actual numbers usually trail his expected numbers, and that's yeah. especially the case this year as his his 
actual Woba is 42 points below his expected Woba, and I'm looking to see um, how often he is shifted as I try to get this data. Uh, so it appears that Corey Seager has been shifted 93.1% of the time. Um, um, yeah, or at least 93.1% of pitches, which is uh, insane. I mean, yeah, like, pretty wild. Probably, so, it's not at the top, as for the I don't know, Santana's always at, like, 98%. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, those guys will, you know, probably benefit. And, by the way, uh, Seager's Woba, minus expected Woba on those, um, on those, is, it's a 44% 44-point difference there, and if I look at batting average, it's a 44-point difference in batting average as well. Um, like, he's expected to be batting 44 points higher against those shifts. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so there there are guys that benefit, but, you know, I, personally, like, I don't know how I'll feel about it until I actually see it in action. But I could end up not hating it. I could end up not hating it, but also, like, you know, how I see it now, like, I don't see a problem with just the shift being there for a while. You know, I mean, you get nine players, generally speaking, you've been able to do that. I mean, that was exemplified. And obviously in uh, 1946, when Lou Boudreau, <laughs> player manager of the Cleveland Indians, uh, decided to shift on Ted Williams, and it's been like that ever since. So, um, I don't know. And, and it's just... It, We've accepted it for 76 uh, years, but now now it's gone. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so dumb. Yeah. We'll, we'll see we'll see how it... I really do hope we get that arena football strategy, though. Yeah. Like, it's probably unlikely, but, like, it's technically not. With runners on base, pitchers are about to have the slowest windups ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh... The, the old Marcus Stroman yeah, pause. Glaber Torres is going to be so happy every time Nestor Cortez is on the mound. Yes. It's like, oh, thank God. I can, like, <laughs> jog over there at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Teams are having pitchers uh, practice their balance points. <laughs> uh, Some team's going to sign Johnny Cueto immediately. Yeah. Like, not even because of his resurgence with the White Sox this year. It's like, we need a pitcher that can keep our shortstop alive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um,. So yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see what uh what these what these teams pull uh, next year. You know, it affects the game of baseball and batter numbers. Yeah, it it will be funny next year. It's like, oh, this this batter is getting Babbitt. He's a, well, he only he only has a three ten Babbitt. <laughs> or it's like, oh, this guy is a four ten Babbitt. No way. <laughs> right. 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 And it's like Luis Arias. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, uh, that's the shift fan. Look at oh yeah, bigger bases. Uh, that's not really good. Apparently, well, apparently it's to uh, decrease injuries. Uh, yeah, which that's cool. That's fine with me. I guess it'll. I mean, I, the only thing I can really think of is what's going to attempt is like. I was probably just kick the ball. <laughs> well, the funnier part was Michael Harris punching against the shift. So yeah, we were just talking about that. That's true. Um, <laughs> You won't be able to do that much longer. Yeah, take advantage of the Dude, really hit two home runs yesterday. Just do it again. Yeah, yeah. What can you do that? You're a major. You're a major leaguer. Just go deep every single time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's what got you there. Um, what was it? 
yeah, the vigorous bases. Uh, I think the only thing I can really think of it affecting is like some bang bang plays. Yep. Yeah. Which, whatever. It'll. I mean, like people. That'll be a very minimal, unless it happens in a big moment where it's like, I don't know, some guy steals a, a base in the ninth inning down one, and it's like just barely safe. It's like you would have been out last year. Yep. They right, had these right, extra, right. these bigger bases. Yeah, Dave. Imagine a Dave Roberts moment yeah. happens. Yeah, once again, pitchers getting screwed there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, true, true. Which, I mean, I think it'll probably be a somewhat rare occurrence. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, people will probably forget about it. The bases, it, like, it'll be, I guess, a few inches bigger. Right. Like, on each side. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, the reward of it is probably going to be there. So that's good. Um, yeah, like, less, less, like... There are always those scenarios where, like, the pitcher is covering first, doesn't see the base runner coming, there might be a collision, there's danger there that is less present when there's bigger bases. So I think the next, I think the next big rule watch has to be the uh, automated strike zone. Yep, yep, that'll be the next big. Uh, one. Which I think uh, I was listening to an interview with an MLB official on the Mariners broadcast the other day, and they said, um, like. They are examining it, and it's not out of the question. Yeah. Which, not obviously not for next year, but... Oh, we need it right there. Yeah. We need it right there. <laughs> yeah. That was not a strike. Yep. <laughs> Michael Harris was struck out on a pitch inside. Very good frame by... Uh, no, I think it's... Uh, Sally? Is it? No, I don't know. I think it was... No one will be happier about the automated strike zone in the Kansas City Royals who no longer have to keep framing or yeah. worry about framing. Yeah, when, whenever that happens. Salvador Perez got to be so happy he already got his extension. Yeah, they're because, hard. <coughs> or I guess, I mean, it's not going to matter by the point he's, by the point it's, you know, he's able to he's still be too old. But like, I would, I'd be willing to bet he maybe lost out on some dollars based on his ability to frame. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I think Melinda is definitely praying for it because he is bottom tier framing as I've been witness to all year. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, automatic, automated spectrum probably is the next. That's the next big one. Um, sure. It's like, you know, there's been talk of the pitch clock for a while. There's been talk of the. Uh, it's been in the shift for like a year now. And we've been talking about the automated strike zone for so many years now. Yeah. Especially like. There all are those social media moments where, like, I mean, the ump scorecard. Yeah. Account. Oh yeah. It's funny because every like three months there will be like a viral clip where like the automated strike zone gets a call wrong, and it's like, oh my god, it doesn't work. It's like, do you know how many times umpires mess up calls? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where every three months we have one instance where the robo ump messes up. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Exactly. All of that is just like poor frames. <laughs> yep. Uh, it just looks bad, but it's actually a fine pitch. Um, so, before we get into players to highlight, we'll get into a player that uh, is above the how about that segment. He's above the how about that segment. Like, he's been great for, you know, obviously was great, didn't allow any runs, but like, he was talked about enough to where it was like, alright, we can't really highlight him in the how about that because he's not a sneaky player. But we should acknowledge him because, I mean, just uh, a generally underrated player mm-hmm. on a team that hasn't really been getting any attention this year because, like, they haven't been horrible, they haven't been a playoff team. They're um, like, I think they're the, they would be the eighth wildcard team in the 
like the eighth seed in the NL right nice. now. Nice. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, Zach Gallen. Um, he uh, had he's he had a 42 and two third in scoreless streak. Uh, during that time frame, he also had a 147 FIP, which is a uh, nice well. Or I, I mean, guess obviously he didn't give up a home run. So. Yeah, that excludes the one inning, the one scoreless inning that he had um, against Colorado. Uh, that yeah, the, against Colorado last uh, or yesterday. Um, yeah, but he's, also he's Colorado, I think looks so weird. Also, um, like his. Strikeout minus walk rate went from 17% to 27% for that Squirrel Street, um, which is uh, which is pretty soft. Or yeah, 16% to 27%. Uh, I'm going to check this out. I'm going to look in deeper into this, but this Colorado line that he had yesterday was so weird. Uh, six innings pitched, four hits, three earned runs, none of them home runs. Yeah, well... And no walks. Yeah, he, he on the day, I think he had a negative fit. Because I was. Looking. Oh, he definitely did. Yeah, because he had eleven strikeouts and. Yeah, no, days. his his fifth went way down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, so over his last so seven starts, point five seven ERA, one two two fifth. That's single insane. single ground out. Walk. Wait, what? Oh, this is the Diamondbacks. Oops. Yeah. So uh, okay. Uh, single 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 strikeout strikeout double. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. It's- it's very funny because he had an amazing fifth inning. It went single, 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 strikeout, strikeout, double, strikeout. Yep. <laughs> it's like so you guys. couldn't ask for anything better from an F four perspective. But from a worst perspective, you're like, man, he's getting beat up out there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Zach Gallen. <clears throat> yeah, he had forty two and two thirds innings, squirrels innings. I think it was more than that actually. Um, or maybe a little more than that. Uh, I think it was. It was forty one and a third coming into the Colorado game, and then he. Had a scoreless first, a scoreless second, a scoreless third, and then did not record an out in the fourth before you overrun. So, 44 and third. 44 and a third scoreless in Yeah. Um, you know, overviewing his career before this, I mean, he, uh, you know, he was, he didn't have really a full season before this as, like, 2020 was his best season. Um, had a 275 ERA, 366 bit, 10.3 nine. Um, got Cy Young votes, finished ninth in Cy Young in 2020. Um, and last year, he was he was kind of injury-riddled. He just didn't look like himself. Uh, gave up a decent amount of home runs. You know, uh, it's like 19 home runs in 121 in his pitch. And had a 4-3 OERA. And now he's back to himself. Um, and, you know, overall in the year, this didn't come out of the... This didn't just come out of the blue. Just overall in the year after this uh, spoiler streak, he has a 250 ERA. He's definitely going to get Cy Young votes this year. Yeah, 100%. Is. How many innings does he have? Oh, 158 two thirds. Yeah, no, he's easily. He's, he's almost qualified. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, uh, it's good to see he's 26. I mean, we're he's looking at. He's also entering ARB 1, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. See what he gets out of that. Yeah, we're, we're, looking, at a, we're looking at a guy who is. Um, He's 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 definitely a, a great future arm. Well, he's a current arm, but yeah. will be. He's, he's going to be good for for a good amount of time, hopefully. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at. I mean, he leads the majors in hits per nine currently, five point nine with a four with a four point eight or four point oh eight strikeout to walk, zero point six home runs per nine. Like he's doing just about everything well as a pitcher that you can imagine. The only thing you can maybe ask for is a little more than nine point two strikeouts per nine, which even then, like, that's very nitpicky. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, 
and just looking at the span from an analytical perspective i was i was looking at it before we recorded and even it like when you include his start where he gave up three young three runs yesterday there was still a lot of uh a lot of great differentialities like strikeout strikeout rate went from 23 percent before that span to 35 percent which is wild uh walk rate went from seven percent to five percent barrel rate went from nine percent to five percent so his barrels were going down probably explained why he's you know hasn't given up a home run in in what seven starts now yeah um you know it that's that's just some great quality pitching he definitely earned all of that scoreless streak um came to an end and uh you know i i mean it's amazing to look back on like when when was like when was the last time we saw like 40 innings scoreless I, uh I, sarah lang's definitely had a tweet about the longest ones in history yeah, uh, Oral Hershiser obviously is the longest at fifty nine and two thirds uh, from nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, uh, Zach Allen was up there on like the the top ones. I'm trying to find where that was. Yeah, like um, I just was it. You know, if if it were like any other team, it would have just been. Here it is. Okay, so the longest single season scoreless innings catch streak of the live ball era since since nineteen twenty. It goes nineteen eighty eight. Oral Hershiser at fifty nine innings. Don Drysdale, nineteen sixty eight, nineteen sixty eight, fifty eight innings. It shouldn't count. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, nineteen sixty eight, Bob Gibson, forty seven innings pitched. Twenty fifteen, Zach Greinke, forty five and two thirds. Nineteen thirty three, Carl Hubble at forty five and a third. Nineteen fifty, Sal Ma- Ma- Sal Magile at forty five, and then uh, twenty twenty two, Zach Allen at forty. So yeah, forty four and a third. It had been seven years, and before that, and it. It had been before Zach Ranke, It had been since the 1980s with Oral Oral Gershizer, yeah. which was the best one. Like, yeah, I mean, this is a very significant thing, uh, and you know, I mean, it, this should, like, obviously not this type of scoreless streak, but this success should be ongoing for Zach Gallon. I mean, he's uh, absolutely he's going into Arb one. He's got. I'd love to see what Arizona tries to do because they. They, the only player they have really locked up long-term is Cattell Marte. Uh, I guess Nick Ahmed as well, but that contract won't be going too, too much longer. Um, and they got Marte for a very team-friendly deal. It's probably, I mean, I would say it's too late to do that with Gallon, but I also would have said that with Marte after 2019. Right, yeah. And, I mean, um, they obviously had Corbin Carroll come up. Is he, is he still on the MLB roster? Yeah, he was... Um... By the way, the Diamondbacks have... Uh, Fangraphs had this exact headline, so I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat. I'm basically plagiarizing here, but the Diamondbacks have left-handed hitters for days. Oh yeah, Josh. Like just looking at their lineup right now on on Fangraphs, Josh Rojas, Dalton Varsho, Jake McCarthy, Katar Marte switch hitting, Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, uh, Geraldo Perdomo, who's a switch hitter, Cooper Humble, who's a switch hitter, Sergio Alcantara, who's a switch hitter. They got yeah. they got so many of those those left-handed bats. Yeah, his uh yeah like. The, the MLB, yeah, the MLB squad, Diamondback squad is uh is definitely very interesting. They yeah they got Carroll coming up, um who's wicked fast by the way. Yeah, um is Seth Beer like panning out at all is or is he? I don't even see him. Oh, he's in the minors. Eh, uh, but he is a lefty as is Paven Smith, who I believe is on a rehab assignment currently. Christian Walker is like 
a weird, like, really good player. Yeah. He's 31, you know, so he's not, like, a young buck, but, I mean, he's not... I wonder... I've been wondering if he might be uh, a trade piece this offseason. Could could very well be. if he is, I would like him in Boston a lot. He might be my number one target. Right, yeah, especially, like... Like, you could put Casas at DH for right now and platoon him at first with, with Walker. Um, but I don't know. The Diamondbacks very well could keep him as well because he is, I believe, going into ARB 2 next year. Yeah. yeah. The, the, Diamondback, the Diamondback status right now is, is kind of odd, and it's like it would be kind of weird to, like, fire Tori Lavulo right now also. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, shout-out to former Red Sox bench coach bench coach Torrey Lavulo. I have his autograph, by the Hell way. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I think I have John Farrell's. No, yeah. it's a lie. I took a picture with him. I did not get his autograph. It's almost better. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, do we want to get into players to highlight? I do want to get into players to highlight. Alright, so now it is time for the part we have most prepared for uh, with our and we'll start off with our Monday, or actually the episode will come out on yeah. Tuesday. By the way, all these stats that we're talking about are going are going into Monday, Monday. Sep- yeah, going into play of Monday, September twelfth. Um, but this is our Tuesday, September 13, 2022 edition of. How about that? Uh, who do you have for us today? So for my how about that, I'm not talking about a guy that's particularly under the radar. Like this guy's been recognized as one of the better players in the league for a few years now. Yeah. Uh, but he's performed exceptionally well over the last uh, like three, four weeks. I'm talking about Bo Bichette. Nice. Who since August 21st is slashing 415, 473, 781 for a 1253 OPS and a 255 weighted runs created plus. I would say. Uh, that all leads to majors, but unfortunately Aaron Judge does exist. Um, <laughs> the only thing he leads Judge in is batting average, and Judge has him everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> His 2.0 F4 over the span is tied with Aaron Judge, however. That's a double by Willie Calhoun. <laughs> Four years too late. Anyway, uh, he's tied for Aaron Judge with the most of the majors with 2 F4 over the span. Before the span, Bobachet had a ground ball rate of 47.6%, and in the span, it is down to just 34.8%. Coming into the month of September, he had never had a ground ball rate below 38% in any month of his career. And in September, it is at 21.6%. That is 17% below his previous low points in his career in a month. That is also the 18th lowest of any major leaguer. That is the... 18th lowest ground ball rate that any major leaguer has had in a calendar month this year. Minimum 25 batted balls, of which, by the way, there are 1,766 qualifiers, and he's yeah. 18th. That's like top 1%. Yeah. Uh, all of those ground balls, by the way, are being replaced with line drives and fly balls. And when I say that, I mean he literally does not have a single pop-up in <laughs> September. Yeah. Wow. So that means uh, throughout all of September, 78.4% of his batted balls have been line drives or fly balls. Uh, that ranks second on that same list of 1,766, uh, only to Mike Trout's June. And I would imagine it probably is up there on the leaderboard since the pitch tracking era, but sadly I was not able to get those numbers because my computer crashed because yeah. the list was absolutely massive because it's it's every month that a major leaguer has minimum 20, 25 batted balls, so yeah. minimum 10,000 on that list. 
but unfortunately, my computer was not able to define that. But I, I am willing to bet it was top 10, absolutely. 78.4% of his batted balls have been line drives or fly balls, which is nuts. Uh, on said on said batted balls, he is casually batting 724 with a 1621 slugging. That average ranks 16th on the list of 1,766, and that slugging percentage ranks 20th. Wow. Bo Bichette. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, when, when, when you're throwing out a name like Bo Bichette, you got to come with, with some high-quality stats, yeah. and that's exactly what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Bo Bichette, he's... Uh, he just had a three-homer game recently. Yeah, he's, he's big-timing, big-timing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, got to love Spencer Strider. A, f- a, friendly, a-, a friendly F4 yeah. uh, start right now. Yes. He's got two strikeouts, no walks, but he's given up two runs uh, in one in the third innings pitch. So just keep that ball in the yard, Spencer. Um so anyway, my how about that um, is a player who uh, is playing on the team against him currently. It's uh, Yandy Diaz of the Tampa Bay Rays, um, known corner infielder mm-hmm. for a while. Um, in his last 22 games, he is hitting 387 with a 1089 OPS and a 203 weighted runs created plus. Out of 166 qualifiers in the span, his average ranks Fourth on base percentage ranks second. OPS ranks seventh. Uh, Pretty sure he's a 500 OBP. Or OPS does not rank seventh. That's old. Uh, but uh, and weighted runs created plus ranks sixth in his last 22 games. Out of 168 bat, uh, players with 50 plus batted balls in the span, uh, Diaz's expected WOBA ranks sixth. So that's how you know his expected numbers are on track with his actual numbers, which is. You know, it's not fluky what's going on here. Diaz's strikeout rate has gone from 11%, which was already microscopically low, to 7% in this span. Uh, Out of 166 qualifiers, his strikeout rate is third lowest, and his walk-to-strikeout rate, uh, his walk-to-strikeout ratio is the highest out of 166 qualifiers in his last 22 games. He has 2.33 walks for every strikeout, and... The next best is 1.6, so he's, he's 0.73 above the next best. His whiff rate has gone from 14, 14.3% to 9.7%. He's only swinging and missing at 9.7% of his swings in this span. League average is around 25%. Uh, out of 247 hitters with 100-plus pitches swung at in this span, Diaz's Yandy Diaz's whiff rate is fifth lowest out of 247. His chase rate in the span is also 17.2 percent, and out of 154 hitters to see 150 plus pitches out of the zone in the span, that chase rate is fifth lowest. Also, his average exit velocity has gone from 91.4 miles per hour to 94.3 miles per hour, and his hard hit rate has gone from 46 percent to 59 percent. In this span, his average exit velocity ranks 10th, and his hard hit rate ranks 6th out of 168. Uh, Along with that, his line drive rate has gone from 23.8% to 29%, uh, and his ground ball rate has gone from 51.4% down to 43.5%, so an 8.1% drop in ground ball rate, which which you always love to see. I remember, uh, I think it was 2020, he had like a minus 8 average launch angle. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, ground balls aren't aren't great. The league average on ground balls is around like three hundred or something. Or league league slugging yeah. on ground balls is around uh, three hundred. And the last stat I have on Yandy Diaz is he has the only twenty two game span in Rays history oh. with ten plus doubles, fourteen plus walks, and six or fewer strikeouts. You just pull a span finder. Yes, Yandy Diaz. How about that? Standing work. Thank you. Uh, so now we'll uh, get go from the highs and the lows where we're talking players and subjects that have been underperforming with our uh, Tuesday, September 13, 2022 edition of... Slightly Alarming. Uh, who do you have for us today? So my Slightly Alarming is playing in the game that we're currently watching. Yep. And I was really hoping that it would sync up to where he's batting <laughs> while I was talking about him. Uh, unfortunately... It doesn't look like it's going to be the case. However, he did strike out earlier in the game. I'm talking about Matt Olson uh, uh, of the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> Since August 28th, he is slashing 073, 224, 146 for a 371 OPS and an 8 weighted runs created plus. Uh, during that time, that average is the worst among the 168 qualifiers. His slugging percentage is also dead last, and his weighted runs created plus is fifth worst. That's Matt Olson. Uh, having the worst slugging percentage among qualifiers Yikes. since August 28th. That's about like a, what, two, three-week span now. Um, so that's yeah. pretty bad. During the month of September, 57.1% of all pitches thrown to him have been out of the strike zone. Uh, that is the highest of any month for him since July of 2017. And I would take it he probably didn't play a lot of games that month because it was at like 70%. Right. Uh, so I'm guessing that was a very small sample size. And this is obviously isn't a great sample size either. We're only at September 12th, but still, I mean, that's he's played roughly 10 games this month, and that's that's been the case. Uh, with that, he uh, his chase rate is also at 32.7%, which is also a high for him since July of 2017. However, uh, his chase whiff rate is only at 33.3%, which is pretty low, but that's actually kind of not a good thing because... Uh, he has nine batted balls on pitches out of the zone. He is 0 for 9 with one batted ball having a launch angle between 0 and 27 degrees. Mm. So he's not making good contact when he chases. And unfortunately, when he chases, he's making contact a little too much. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, Matt Olson. Slightly alarming. During the entire at-bat that I was watching, I was like, oh my god, what if he hits a home run? Yeah. That'd be so awkward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the uh, Homer Homer Simpson in the bushes uh, moment. If he homers next at bat, that's got to be the ultimate buzzer beater. Yes, yes. <laughs> he's not due up for a while because um, he's batting fourth, and I believe the eight hitter made the last out for the Braves. Yep, yep. Um, my how about that? Your no, it's not. Or no, my slightly alarming. <laughs> I've done that a couple times. Sometimes my my brain I feel like, just goes I feel on. like you've definitely done it, and I didn't correct you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we do that. We do that a lot. Sometimes. Sometimes yeah. I listen back and I'm like, "That's not right." <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, my uh, slightly alarming um, is Cattell Marte. Uh, in his last 33 games, he's hitting 172 with a 465 OPS. Um, you know, second baseman for the Diamondbacks, by the way. Very Se- recently mentioned on the show. Yeah, second baseman slash outfielder. Uh, out of, and also. In 2019, got fourth in the MVP vote, and he got a, an extension from the Diamondbacks earlier this year. Uh, out of 153 qualifiers in this 33-game span, his average is third lowest, on-base percentage is second lowest, OPS is second lowest, and runs created plus 
is second lowest. Uh, shout out to Miles Straw being that worst uh, worst hitter. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, out of 144 batters with 90 plus batted balls in the span, uh, Marte's expected Woba is 15th lowest. So expected stats kind of on track or not not far off from his uh, actual statistics. Um, his strikeout rate has gone from 17% to 23%, and his walk rate has gone from 12% to 5%. Uh, so that strikeout, strikeout minus walk rate, which is traditionally used for pitchers, has gone from 5% to 18%, which is uh, not good from a hitter's perspective. Yeah. And uh, it was weird looking at Cattell Marte stats because, like, his whiff rate was within 1% of what it was before the span. Mm-hmm. His chase rate was within 1% of the span. So I had to look, I had to dig a little deeper. So it's it's on specific counts. He's just his performance has gone way down. His walk to strikeout ratio on 3-2 counts oh. has gone from 2.1 to 0.4. And his walk to strikeout ratio through 2-2 counts has gone from 0.6 to 0.1. So it's it's kind of weird how Cattell Marte has been struggling and getting more strikeouts and less walks. But all you can really look at is how he's performing late in counts, and he's just become an easier out, I guess, on 3-2 counts and 2-2 counts. So uh, just watch out for that. Cattell Marte. Slightly alarming. Just look at this highlight. Uh, oh, job, ground ball given up. Ground ball hit from... Eddie Rosario. Yep. They did, oh. they did call it a hit. Yep. Yep. That's how it is. Unfortunately, he did get. I, he he looks fine, but he got okay. hit on the leg by that ball as it was a comebacker. Trainers came out, but it was yep. like he stayed in the game. So right. Funny. Yeah, that sucks. Um, yeah. Uh, slightly slightly alarming today are Cattell Marte and Matt Olson. Yeah. Dude, Bolt's leaderboard is still very much a thing. All right. Trey Turner's at 117. Bobby Witt Jr. is at 87. All right. Getting that distance. <laughs> we love to Corbin see Corbin Carroll, though, he might give him a run for his money if he gets regular playing time. Nice. That dude's a freak on the bases. Same with O'Neill Cruz. Nice. Nice. O'Neill Cruz is... Oh, never mind. That's average sprint speed. No, wait. It is Bolts. O'Neill Cruz is seventh in Bolts. Wow. <laughs> He's played a half the year. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, wow. So yeah, now we'll get into a uh, preview of the week ahead. Yes, he has 91 is... competitive runs and 42 bolts. Wow. That's nuts. It is uh, uh, It is the week ahead, not the weekend ahead, week, as I had yes, to think. Week. Um, Where's Corbin Carroll at? What I'll talk about with, uh, with series to watch. He's got 15 bolts and 20 competitive runs. Some of these steer- series Lord. started on Monday night, um, obviously, and... A lot of the games are completed. But the Blue Jays and Rays are playing five games against each other. Oh, that's, baby. That's a lot. Oh, baby. Yeah, because they, they had a series together before the lockout. And honestly, I can't really say it's like a fight to stay in the wild card race. Because, I mean, as of right now, uh, Monday, September 12th at 10.39 p.m., currently uh, the team outside of the wild, the, the team closest to the wild card spot, who's not in a wild card spot spot right now, is the Orioles, and they're five and a half out. Yeah. That look, that race looks like it might be kind of closing. Yeah. Like Only thing I could say on it, play, the six playoff teams is, minus the AL Central, I guess, is this could be a, a playoff series preview where mm-hmm. the Blue for home field. Yeah, Blue Jays and Rays could be um, the four and five seeds who face each other in a in a 
in a three game set, which they did. Uh, they did that two years ago, which yes. we kind of forgot oh, yeah, about. They did. Yeah, it's that's not right. really that the same really at all. Yeah, the Blue Jays were a very different team. Yeah, the Rays were a very different team. A very different team. <laughs> yeah. Rays are always a different team. Yeah, the, there is no the Rays. Yeah, the Rays are just a different team every single year. Yeah, they're like yeah, uh, they didn't have, Shane McClanahan hadn't even made his major league debut. That's he, so he made funny. It, he made it the next round of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Drew Rasmussen, I don't think, had, was even like on the forty man. Right. I'm trying to think, they had Blake Snell, Tyler. Yeah, that whole World Series. Like when you look at the race rotation in that World Series, it was literally Blake Snell, Tyler Glass, now Charlie Morton in the games yeah. one, two, and three. Yeah, it's and much it's like, different. Well, now. I mean, Glass now did get a a one year extension, but yeah. other than that, it's like those guys aren't there anymore. Right. And they did a bullpen game in Game Four, which they they won, of course. Yeah, the Blue Jays. Um, yeah, Blue Jays and Rays will be facing each other five times uh, from Monday to Thursday. So four more times if you're listening as soon as possible. Um, and then uh, to on the flip side of short series, two game series is between the Padres and Mariners. Um, Share a spring training complex. That is a T Mo. That is at T Mobile Park. Um, more for the Padres trying to uphold their standing in the wild card spot the brewers are two games out right now and the padres we've established have a bit of a, a tougher schedule ahead um i think they still have to face the dodgers six more times so yikes um and the, brewers, the padres do i think so yeah the dodgers own them by the way yeah like it's like this time last or not even last year but like 18 months ago we were like padres dodgers is the best rivalry in baseball yeah, and both teams have changed so much for the better since then. It's like this isn't even a rivalry. Yeah, it's yeah. just a joke. Oddly enough, um, but yeah, the um, yeah the the Brewers are two games out. They play in the NL Central, and the Padres are two games up um, and uh, facing the Dodgers a good amount. Have a have a tough schedule ahead, and part of that is against the Mariners. Um, what do you got for the day by day matchups? So oddly enough, not a lot is announced for Tuesday. Um, that is weird. Let me see. Um, there's a couple of doubleheaders. One thing that, that's interesting, Hunter Brown will be pitching for the Astros. I don't know if you caught any of his debut. Uh, he was the, he's the number one pitching prospect. He pitched really well his last time out. Interesting. Uh, he'll be facing the Tigers at Comerica. It's um, an AJ Hinch reunion. Absolutely, yes, even though it's in Comerica. Yeah, I know. Um, Sandy Alcantara will be facing the Phillies at Marlins Park. He'll be going against Bailey Falter. Um, Jacob DeGrom will be facing the Cubs at City Field. He'll be facing Adrian Sampson. Uh, Nick Pavetta will be pitching for the Red Sox against the Yankees at Fenway. The Yankees have not announced their starter. Joe Ryan will be facing the Royals for the Twins at, in Minnesota. Jordan Montgomery will be facing the Cardinals for the Brewers in St. Louis. Uh, Chad Cool and Michael Kopech will be facing each other in the classic White Sox-Rockies rivalry. At, yeah. <laughs> at... at uh, Guaranteed right field. Forgot the name of it for a second. Ooh, what do I go with for matchup of the night? I'll just say Kyle Wright and Jacob Junis facing each other in Braves-Giants. Uh, okay, yeah. Jeffrey Springs and Alec Manoa facing each other in Rays-Blue Jays at Rogers Center. And Clayton Kershaw and Merrill Kelly facing each other in Dodgers-Diamondbacks in Chase Field. Matchup of the night comes from Mariners-Padres. You got Hugh Darvish versus Logan Gilbert. Yep. I'll, yep. I'll go with that one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's it's a good not, one. Yeah. Tough decision. A lot of good matchups there, but I think that's the one I'll, I'll 
take the bank. Uh, Pirates Reds in Cincinnati you got Rowan's knee Contreras. Rowan's knee Contreras versus Nick Lodolo. A couple of young arms that have been very good this year. Uh, Contreras has been very underrated for sure. Patrick Sandoval will be pitching for the Angels against the Guardians. Mike Trout will be going for his eighth straight game with a home run. Yeah. That'll, that would tie a major league record. All right. Christian Javier will be going for the Astros against the Tigers. Joey Wentz will be pitching. He was a former first round pick. Um, yeah, in the uh, he was in the Shane Green trade. <laughs> yep, uh, Kyle Freeland and Dylan Cease. This is probably very funny. So Dylan Cease uh, has has two plate appearances combined to current Rockies hitters, and he has a nine oh five x woba against. Dang. But just like seeing that color red on the, <laughs> it's like so unnatural to me. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see who it was. Uh, oh, CJ Chrome twice and E homered. Okay, that makes nice. sense. <laughs> um, by the way, CJ Crone hit a 505-foot home run. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, Mike Clevenger and Luis Castillo will face each other in Padres Mariners. Kyle Gibson and Edward Cabrera will face each other in Phillies Marlins. Uh, Drew Rasmussen and Ross Stripling will face each other in Rays Blue Jays in the series of how are these guys that good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Brian Bale will face the Yankees for the Red Sox. He's an exciting young, young arm. Zach Greinke and Sonny Gray in the Classic of 2014. Ooh, that's match for the night. Easy. Um, Dane Dunning will face the A's for the Rangers. Big ground ball guy, of course. I skipped one. Oh, Charlie Morton versus Carlos Rodon in Braves-Giants. And matchup of the night easily is going to come from Brewers-Cardinals. You got Corbin Burns versus Adam Wainwright. And, yeah, it's an easy one. Yeah. Yeah. Cannot with that. Uh, Also, that will be the game where... um, Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina break the record for like the most common battery. Yeah, they're yeah, tied yeah. with uh, Mickey Lolich and what's this the other guy. Yeah, the other guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they'll break that record. There, it'll be the three hundred twenty fifth game as a battery together. That's very cool. Right. I feel like that record's probably going to stand for a long time, right? Um, it's cool that it's happening in St. Louis too. Yeah, um, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's hard to imagine like two guys staying with the same team for their entire careers as a battery. Yeah, especially like... Especially like a guy staying a catcher his whole career. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Like, we're already talking about, like, when Frutchman is going to make a shift to first base. (laughs) Wow, nothing is announced Thursday. Uh, Based... There's literally one... There's two full matchups announced Thursday. So I'll just say Kevin Gosman's pitching for the Blue Jays against the Rays. Uh, Carlos Carrasco is pitching for the Mets against the Pirates at City Field. Daniel Lynch and Dylan Bundy are facing each other in Royals Twins in Minnesota. Miles Michaelis is facing the Reds for the Cardinals in St. Louis. And matchup of the day for now uh, comes from Phillies Marlins. Noah Syndergaard versus Pablo Lopez. Yeah, I'm looking at this, and Pablo Lopez has a 404 ERA. Yeah. Remember when when he, he was, was a like, Cy Young contender? Yeah. Dang. He had like an 0.69 ERA through whatever. Yeah. Uh, Dan's responsible with the ground out. I hate to see it. Um, yeah, uh, that sucks. He was my player to watch. I, I thought that was gonna be a good one, but yeah. apparently, just he's just as the kids say, mid this year. He's a 102 <laughs> ERA plus. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued by where, where people are, uh, people are fighting apart. back at our house. What, <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, love to see it. Like play like playfully. Okay. That's good. Like not actually. All right. That's yeah. Good. Um since the start of June, Pablo Lopez has a five four two ERA. Oh no. Not great. That's not ideal. Not ideal. No Syndergaard probably does too. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's Magic of the Night for right now. Not a lot. I mean, obviously it's a Thursday, so there's not a lot of games. Yeah. But also nothing's announced right now. Right. Um, all right. Well, that's it for this installment of o- Above Replacement Radio, the yeah. 209th. Shout out to Stockton, California, and the Diaz brothers for uh, for the episode two hundred nine of Above Replacement Radio. I know. Nate... I thought you meant Edwin and Alexis Diaz. No, no, no. I was like, what connection do they have to Stockton? No. They're from. <laughs> no, Nate, Nate, Nick Diaz. Nate Diaz got a got a win. You can't you can't just say the Diaz brothers on a baseball podcast and yeah. not make me think of Edwin and Alexis. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, episode two hundred nine. Um, but uh, yeah, that that'll do it. If you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran, and follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. We hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope to see you next time where we will be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball once again. See you then. I'm so excited for episode five one eight.